The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and, of course, past performance does not guarantee future returns. to the real pod thank you faithfuls for being here with us as we traitorously murder the podcast art format do you <laughs> think there are any traders in the, the in this like select group i think we all know who the trader is the is ultimate it, trader Susie it, alexander but oh, she uh, she banished herself surely she banished she's herself. not paying she's definitely not paying she's yeah, long she, gone she banished Okay, uh, this is this is the real pod, and this is uh, the episode in which we're going to be recapping Traitors Week Three. I'm so excited! What an absolute banger of a show! But first of all, Alex Casey, Duncan Grieve, welcome along. How are you? Hello, very good. God, it's so sunny here. Sorry, stop so sunny. being. I feel like you're being paid by Christchurch Tourism to talk about how sunny it is all the time. I can't even <laughs> see any sun on your face. Like, Can we not put hashtag mic? ad on there? Oh yeah, but yeah, that could be anything. It's blown out. What you can see is I've got a full studio crew lighting rig behind me. This is all a fake set like the turn, apprentice. Turn, around, turn the laptop around. If, if, Never. If That's what Christchurch Tourism money buys you, is a full crew <laughs> to be able to fake the sunshine. Uh, Alex is in her usual spot in Christchurch with her real pod mug. I am at home with a kid who's been vomiting, which is really cool. So Duncan is riding solo in the studio with Samuel. That's why you can see us in three different locations. God, technology is amazing. It really is, Jane. <laughs> well, wow. This is, yeah. And that's the real pod. <laughs> and this is, this is what you get when you pay money for this for this show. Isn't technology not... amazing? These wires must have cost a lot of money. Uh, I also have drank a can of One Body in the interest of science. What is that? Uh, one, one Body is, uh, it's like a, f- get, it's an all-natural energy for net, for active bodies, uh, energy drink given to me by my colleague Jin uh, from Hexwork Productions, and uh, it's doing the job. It's like feels like slow release, you know. It's not like when I shotgunned that C four a couple of weeks ago. This is more gentle. It may also be to do with the way that your your intake is. Um, you're just drinking it like a normal person rather than shotgunning it. So yeah, it's also it's like a bre- normal size can. There's, there's a lot going it. on. Okay, there's a lot going on. Anyway, look, I think we just, look, I don't have to do any housekeeping because you're all paid up subscribers. You're presumably all cornies. Otherwise, how are you here? Um, so let's just, let's just get on with it. Here's the real news. Real, 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 
Um, well, I'm just going to tease a bit of news. We are we are resurrecting an old segment zone. That's my bit of real news. That's all I got. But wow, Alex, so you're teasing you something. Saying? You're teasing something. Your real news is about something coming later in the bulletin. Yes. Yes, that it is. That is what they do. That is what they That's do good. in the news. Yeah. yeah. That's exciting. Well, yeah. I have um, also, like they do in the news, I have an apology to make. <laughs> um, I feel like... I feel like I brought a bad energy to the pod last week and I was not as open as I should have been to you sharing your dreams. <laughs> and it's really been bothering me. And so as penance, I'd like to share that I actually had a real pod dream as well <laughs> this week. And it was like Great. photorealistic. It involved me. We recorded a podcast and I went to upload the post in the back end of the website and I went to find a photo. And the entire media library was hundreds and thousands of photos of us as like elf yourself. <laughs> what? Oh my god. And it was just elf yourself all the way down. And I could not find a photo that wasn't elf yourself. So oh, that's the kind I of stuff really that's on my want, mind. Like a very, very expensive psychoanalyst to um <laughs> try and figure out what the fuck that real basic weird dream means. I actually feel so like good. it's quite self explanatory. I feel like mm. it's just that's that encapsulates exactly what the real pod is. Just a whole lot of ridiculous. Yeah, but what's its chaos, relationship to uh, that you can't Casey's id? You know, festivity. Oh, because she was all in her you head. Know? She was all in her head about the real pod because of the you know feeling bad about not being on us. It was all she could think about. Samuel, can you please make an elf yourself of us three that we can post in the Substack? I just think that's some extra content people need. Samuel's so looking like he's he has to call the union <laughs> about that. About that. <laughs> Duncan, what have you uh, what have you got to report from this week? Oh, it's been a pretty humdrum sort of a week. The highlight was Alex and I were on a Zoom yesterday, much like this one, and it was was about one thirty, and I was in sunny Auckland, and the room was heating up. hadn't had lunch, and I was starting to nod out. And it was one of those hybrid meetings where most of the people are in a room; they're sort of looking at each other, but. Uh, me, Alex, and our, our editor, Mad Chapman, were, were on Zoom, and I started to nod out pretty chronically, and we were sort of slacking in the background, and Alex, and I was sort of like, maybe it's not that obvious, but then I could see Alex smiling in this very, like, oh, I've seen something here kind of a way, and she messages me, are you falling asleep, Lowell? And I was like, well, yes. And when you said, like, you thought you got away with it, can I just do a recreation of what it looked like? Because <laughs> I don't never know what it looks like, right? <laughs> this is what it looks like. Okay. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Like that. Okay, that no, so that, that, that is quite that The worst thing is I've done that in like board meetings and tutorials at concerts. Like I've, that's just been my whole life. Obviously, at the wheel of a car, famously. I thought it was subtler than that. But I think also I'm looking for no, it. It's not, you know. <laughs> You looked like you were really enjoying But you also um, did it in footage. our strategy presentation at work, Dunk. Remember, we had our big strategy oh, presentation. You yelled at me, Rose. And I was up speaking, and I clapped at you, Dunk. It was 10 in the morning. Um, still... Who can be awake at 10 <laughs> yeah, in the morning? Yeah, that's true. So also, can I just make something, just clarify something? So if you do eat, then you get sleepy, and then if you don't eat, you get sleepy. Yeah, there's a sweet spot where I've eaten at relatively recently... And had a good nine hours when I might stay awake. 
But I always, I'm always awake on the real part. That's that's my promise to you. <laughs> um, I have some personal news to share. Very exciting. Last night, so last night, my partner Joe was cooking dinner, and I came into the kitchen to say hello and check on when dinner was going to be ready because I was hungry. I wanted my nachos, and he had something on his eye, and I was like, "Turn around, wait, you got something on your eye." It's something on his eyelid, and I picked it off. Telly dot. And <laughs> that's what I was thinking too. It's not going to make sense to anyone. <laughs> and I picked it off, and I started screaming because I realised it was a little piece of cotton. AKA Cotton Eyed Joe! Oh no! <laughs> I know! <laughs> I was screaming. I where was did screaming it come on from? The kitchen floor. Where did he go? And where did it go? <laughs> it went back on the eye so I could take a photo of it. <laughs> Should I say the story? It's something, oh, right? That's what God. I was saying off mic. I was like, I don't know if this is like a tweet or a joke or maybe like a film. I don't know. I just don't know. It definitely deserves to be like a line on the Wikipedia page of the of the great Scandi Pop anthem. <laughs> wow, I got chills. I think that it, it, there's those moments in life where something happens and you base you look around because you're like, please let someone else have witnessed this moment, <laughs> and that's one of those moments where like you just discovered. A gold ingot, a gold ingot, <laughs> and no one else is there apart from Joe. To witness I know, it. So he was very obliging and making me put the put the cotton back on his eye <laughs> and took an, <laughs> took an ECU of the moment for posterity. How did he respond? Did he like? He was happy about it too. Like he was excited, but he was also you know cooking the dinner and all this sort of thing. I was just sort of fucking about, you know. <laughs> But yeah, huge moment. I felt like I couldn't like breathe. Like I was so I was just it's so almost, hysterical. It's like you need to rig your house with cameras just in case something like that ever happens again. Because you don't want to have to be recreating it. Like imagine having the like a sort of Russian dash cam kind of style footage of that actually happening. It'd be unbelievable. Yeah, there's my <laughs> hey, big news. It's great. It is honestly the the biggest of news. But um, we do need to go on. Um, I have some real news that is. You know, kind of old school real news, married at first sight real news. You remember Dean Wells, of course, Tracy, my little lady. Uh, He's gotten himself engaged, like real life engaged. He's 45 years old. He's engaged to Beauty and the Geeks' Amy Woolley, 24, after one Mm. year of dating. Um, They they got some, uh, they had an engagement photo set up with some camels, which is lovely. She had a completely see-through outfit, like like, no bra, completely just liberated kind of an outfit for her engagement photos. And they, uh, they he, he's ready for marriage finally after, um, you know, the heartbreak of Tracy Jewell, the jewel in our crown. Wow. Did he propose it, in a wrap? It, it doesn't say, but you will notice, uh, Amy, you could do the wrap. Amy, oh, the little lady, you replace. know, you just re- reuse yeah. it. Yeah. Which is quite Phew. good. Um, happy so for him, I guess. Happy <laughs> for you to have a great, lovely marriage with your camels. That's all. That's the real news. Um, we're actually going to move on to an old segment now. Haven't heard this thing for a while. It's the real review. This is great. Five out of five from me. It's the nicest thing that's ever happened. And that's the real review. Quick, quick, go, go. What's your review, Duncan? 
Uh, I watched a show called Fisk. Like, I don't know if, it, like, it I feels like I, I just found it buried deep in the guts of, I think, uh, TVNZ On Demand. And it's it's an Australian sitcom set in a small town, this this kind of disbarred lawyer. And it's it, it was it was very, very good. And it was very good in the way that all of the six six episode New Zealand sitcoms aspire to be it, but never quite are. And they just they'd sweated the script. It's it's that thing that you're always kind of looking for, but but kind of feels increasingly out of reach. And that's one thing about the writer's strike that I think is like weirdly cool, is that it's sort of it's sort of pausing on the overproduction of content we've been doing for years and allows us to uh, excavate into the, the belly of the beast. Also, Alex, I was texting you about this. Uh, Jamie Demetrius, uh, his hour-long uh, Netflix special, this is the Stathlet Flats guy, an icon to us. The best moments of that, it's like a sort of a weird sketch comedy thing that goes through life, includes an outstanding kind of... La, La, Love Island ref called Kiss Villa, which is just like so disreputable and fucking freakish. Uh, and also, if you have, if you're a parent to a teenager, the the there's a sort of a, a love scene involving two teenagers, which uh, is is just beautiful. So yeah, had just had a great week in, in the in the guts of a recent TV history, personally. Oh, nice, Duncan. What about you, Alex? I've got two real quick. Um, Below yeah. Deck Down Under season two is great. I mean, you might have seen made headlines last week. There's kind of a disgusting scandal that happens halfway through the season. And our girl, Aisha Scott, handles it like a total legend. She is just amazing this season. We also have the return of Culver, which means the return of Keith Stone. Oh! <laughs> and I just, it's a great feeling to be back. I highly recommend. I know we were kind of dark on last season after Duncan promised it was like, quote <laughs> unquote, by the it. most incredible season of television <laughs> ever made, even better than The Wire. Um, <laughs> but it's... It's really, really good. So I highly recommend that. It's also, there's this kind of weird layer to it. If you know what's coming with that gross boss and Luke, you can see it everywhere. And it's kind of chilling, but also kind of fascinating. Also, Taskmaster Season 4 is back on TVNZ On Demand. Sorry, and TVNZ 2. It is incredible. Bubba, who most people probably know as Tina from Turner's, has already got a massive arm tattoo of the entire cast, like just to win a prize task in the studio. And that's only Episode 2, so who knows what else is coming. Highly recommend. Like a real tattoo. A real tattoo. Wow. Karen O'Leary, Melanie Bracewell, Ray O'Leary, and um, Di Henwood. That That's is. kind of rocks. Wild. It rocks. And it's, it's kind of a weird take on their faces. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's really good. Quick update. Fisk is actually on Netflix. My bad. <laughs> okay. I, I'm going to give something a review that I, I it's like a bad review. Okay. Ooh. Prime, the drink, if you know about it, you have children of a certain age. This is a, a Logan Paul and some other YouTuber collaboration. It's at a ridiculous price. I took my, like, word got round that the local dairy had some. I went in thinking, okay, like, what, five bucks tops for a bottle. The guy's like $23. I'm I had, no. like, I had to make him repeat it like five times, like 23, 20, like dollars, not like 23 Cents. Cents or anyway, I, I I couldn't figure out currency. Anyway, I laughed my way out of the shop before going back and buying two bottles a week later because it was the twins' birthday and literally that was all they wanted was some bloody prime. Wow. Um, made their days. They were so excited. We got the ice pop and the blue raspberry, both very 
sickly, very, very, very sweet, very, very syrupy, very, very, very not worth $23, unless once it's been consumed, you poke a little hole in the back, chuck some LED lights in and repurpose it as a lamp, which is what we have done. Wow. I want to see a pack of this lamp. Yeah. I mean, I can go get it for you. I can get it for you. Talk about yourselves. I'll be back in two seconds. Oh, my God. Here she goes. Um, have you tried any Prime Alex? No. I no, I, I have I have no desire to. I'm also scared that I will die. <laughs> yeah, that does seem to be one of the things that happens. It seems weird that we, there's this sort of drink that's like a known death drink that you can just buy so long as you're willing to pay heaps for it. Yeah. Well, it's true of alcohol, I guess, but, you know. Are you ready? We're ready. Just looks like an ordinary bottle of drink, doesn't it? $23. I like the aesthetic. Not doesn't well, well. You should you should be a bloody mummy blogger with that kind of stuff, Jane. Look, it was it was someone else's idea. This is not an original idea. You know, someone else did this with their prime bottle. Have um, you done a TikTok of of that? <laughs> like, it no, really feels like that's. I haven't, what the but I tell you what, I know it, extremely underwhelming in daylight. Quite pleasant in the evening time, you know. Low light, bit of a prime night light. It's it's a gorgeous, gorgeous thing. Anyway. Is that why your kids can't sleep for two weeks straight because they just drink Prime? Yeah, because they've just consumed some Prime. Oh, God, I'm all tangled in my, in my LEDs. Oh, God. Okay. Anyway, um, if you want a Prime Light, great weight, great bargain at $23. If you don't want a Prime Light and you want a nice drink, buy something else. That's my real view. Okay, reality check. Traders, let's go. I am disgusted at how much you have copied my husband. <laughs> Reality check. Guys, this is rare. This is such a good show. I'm so pleased it's good. Like, uh, I was so nervous. In week three, I'm convinced that the format you can almost stick anyone on it, and it's a, it's just good tally. You know. But it does follow that the the proud history of New Zealand having at least having one great season of a big hit franchise in it, and then then that's basically the end of it. But so you've got to enjoy it while it while it lasts, while it happens. You know. Oh, I want this really to be happening. like the new CTI though. That we have like imagine that we have CTI that's always great, and then Traitors that's always great, right? Like that is that the dream. It, it could happen, happen because it feels. It feels like people, no matter what they think going into this game, it just completely like fucks with you as soon as you step yeah. into that lodge. I like will you say can't there's game it, you know? There's one thing. I'm loving it, to be clear. I'm loving it, I'm gasping, I'm hysterical. But I do feel like this the stakes are missing in a way that in the UK one, a lot of the contestants a lot of the time are talking about how much they want the money and how much it means to them. Like, you know, there's a storyline of, like, one of the traders who's like, I've got two young kids, I'm here for them, I miss them so much, and we get that all the time. Whereas in this one, the silver comes up occasionally, but it's almost like it's sort of gauche to talk about the money. <laughs> and yeah. I feel like it's just missing that, like, extra weight. Like, they're just... It feels like they're playing just for the game's sake, which on its own is fun enough to watch. But I do feel like... That's missing. And I wonder if it's just because, like, the celebrities are probably kind of embarrassed to admit they actually, like, really want some money. <laughs> Maybe they of need course. to, like... But I feel like for some of the celebrities, there's not enough money. There's no plausible way to make it 
financially viable to make it enough money that they would actually care about it, you know, because they're doing quite well at being celebrities. So maybe for them, they need to do something different, like take a family member hostage and only, you know, only release <laughs> them if they win. Yeah, they need to do extreme. that for Anna Reeve because in a, in a backwards way, while you're talking about, you know, people need to stay on uh, for their family, she at one point was like, I really need to stay on the show because I miss my children. Oh, no, I miss my – actually, she said, I miss my husband. Um, yeah. And I was like, does that not mean that you wouldn't mind being sent home? But maybe, maybe what she's saying is like, look, I'm doing this thing. I'm away from my children. I have to make it count, mm. you know. But it kind of sounded like – I gotta, I gotta keep on the show as long as I can because I miss everyone at home. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and fun. I don't know. It's just, it just like show. it makes me think about the fact that like the traders thus far up, and, up until this week were all kind of celebrities, and then the first normie kind of got brought in and got shafted straight away. Intentionally shafted. I mean, there's so much to talk about with that. This one. is true. I just think it's class warfare. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> it, it certainly is. I can't believe it, as we come into the first episode of this week that no one has even considered Dan as a traitor. It's like, crazy. That's just, it's so crazy to me. It's always the bloody quiet one who just pipes up every now and again. It's always the poker player who basically lives strategy their entire life. Like, why yeah. is no one bringing this Well, well no, because Brooke, Brooke did. To, to be fair, like for a, for a minute, he 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 was convinced that Dan was a traitor, and then they seduced him. I love the. I know, but that's like one person, one person, and yeah. no one else in the room so, is bringing Dan's name up yet. Um, oh, it's so good! It's so good. You'll recall that Robbie uh, in the last banishment from last week was very much on the chopping block. Everyone was very suspicious. There was all this talk of. Uh, whether or not she'd had a conversation with Philly and uh, also she had done that thing where she was completely useless in the mission and just walked around saying beer bottle, beer bottle. Um, <laughs> but she uh, she feels like it's a beat up. She comes into breakfast. She wants to stand up and get something off her chest. Um, we find out that she says things like, I'd kill for a drink and people are like, oh, traitor, kill. So... <laughs> <laughs> It's so funny. Um, the trainer would do that. They, they <laughs> yeah. do have a sort of a cabin feverish thing where they're saying stuff that's just so obviously nonsensical that could only be the product of them having been in this sort of febrile environment where everyone is, is just constantly under some kind of real ridiculous uh, suspicion. But, it, I mean, you see this so, so much, right? Like, like Dylan, for example, had a really good joined up theory of why it was Brooke in in uh, episode six. Mm. And then as soon as I get into the room, he tosses it all away for like a, mm. like basically the, the power of the group is just has an, an enormous gravity to it where it's not actually even worth suggesting someone else because that puts suspicion on you. It's, oh God, it's good. I will say, so just good. on breakfast, I know, Jane, you had your very good mathematical theory about mm. second to last entrance and whatever. <clears throat> I think another easy way to spot a trader at breakfast is who walks in and says the weirdest thing. Because Brooke Howard Smith, every time, in episode, whatever, five, I think, he busts in and goes, show me the pastries. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like, like I would say that, though. I'd say that. Only if you're a trader. I think, the tra I think you've got a point, though, Alex. Like, I think there is a... A sense that they're desperate to appear normal and in so doing appear monstrously strange. That's particularly true when someone's been seduced. Like it's impossible yeah. to be Robbie. normal. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Robbie was high on her own supply, as Alex yeah. Casey would say. Um, 
Yeah, totally. It was also interesting. They hadn't even talked about Jazzy in the last uh, conclave meeting, and yet, you know, it was between her and Brody to see who was going to be, ban- you know, to who was going to walk through the door, right? Mm, mm, um, that's right. But she was quick to point out at the roundtable. She was the only one who was like, "Oh, I think a trader voted for Lauren." Like she has these little things where she clearly like is picking up things other people didn't see. I know, but as a viewer, she was never. You know, we weren't like it was. They were talking about Colin and Brody at the end of last right. week, and so seeing Colin come in, you're like, "Okay, well, it's Brody," uh, and then seeing Jazzy come in, it's like she wasn't even. She's like, "I was obviously in the final." You know, that was obviously between me and Brody, and it's like not to us. So I don't know if there's something right. happened in the edit or something, whatever. You know that they couldn't show us. Um, but Brody went home. As we predicted, she just had this huge target on her back for, for going rogue and, um, and being just a little bit too... Uh, ladies who She, she, ladies she was who just too opinions. good. You can't have a smart lady on the show. But the thing that buzzed me out no. was like just thinking about it, because we were, we were convinced last week she's got to go. Brody is just... She's figured the whole thing out. That's the person you seduce. You know, she would have made an mm. amazing traitor mm. because she had so much, like... She had so much power over the group. She's obviously like a consummate. I think she could act incredibly well. You can just sense that about her. She's whatever she's doing. She's got a real level of commitment to it. It's just oh, something about the fact of uh, Brooke and Dan being real life besties means that they're not. You know, the even the way that Brooke talks about Matt is he's not trader material. So like, you've been a trader for ten minutes, dude, and you're yeah. being real like obviously a traitor. The whole time, <laughs> calm down. But the the you know like it's like they don't want anyone in their kind of cool no. duo. Mm. They're only going to bro- seduce someone as a pawn in their game. So they're going to yes. seduce someone purely so that they can throw them under the bus, which is what they ended up doing. Um, I can love we talk how much about Paul Henry. Um, Paul Henry swinging his cane around at breakfast and then trying some stand up comedy. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> like, I slept like a baby last night. I was awake every two hours hungry. <laughs> it's like, what? Why are you saying this? <laughs> but it's definitely a level of sort of bubbling mania that's happening in the house. Like when Kings did that great uh, in the moment where he talks about maybe my daughter's had two birthdays. Like <laughs> he's, right. he's, a, he's, just, he's just kind of enjoyable, enjoying losing his marbles. And it, it like, again, they've been here less than a week. I think at this yeah. point, four sleeps and they're just gone. <laughs> Yeah, and King, Kings is like, maybe I am Robbie. Maybe I'm a hairdresser from Christchurch. She's not even from Christchurch. <laughs> so good. Kings is so great because he also is in the moment, he gave away that he has like done his homework because he's like, you know, you can watch every season of this show and think you know what you're coming in for. And then you get here. It's like everything, right? We hear this all the time about reality TV. But I'm just cracking up at the idea that King's got the call up and then basically spent the entire time between the call up and coming on the show, just mainlining every season that's been released in other other countries. Mm. It's super super cute image for me. Really love is. King's. Love to hear more from him this week. Worried about his future. <laughs> yeah, me too. I'm worried. I'm worried. And the mission was this heavy barrels thing of wine. Um, it was confusing. But the most important I think it wasn't just was wine, that. Jane. I think I think it was Van au Rouge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was amazing how much Francais we got out of Paul uh, Henri. This, yeah, my this my week. Van au Rouge has been delivered to the wrong place, Kel Horror. <laughs> <laughs> the best part was I thought 
Well, there, there was a lot that was fun about this challenge. I actually watched it, so that's, that tells you something. But they, when they got the barrels across the line, they'd been sloshing the whole way. There was yeah. no way that 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 you know this this uh, limit of it, a certain amount of of wine that could be lost was was met. And Paul Henry was just eh, fine every time. It's just it was a real good kind of. This is the actual manifest level of care that that exists in these challenges. <laughs> Really he just good. eyeballs it, and I don't think he was that familiar with where the line was prior to them arriving. You know, Sometimes doesn't even eyeball anyway. it. He's just, he's just <laughs> having fun. Um, but then Sam just just absolutely loses it over them breaking the uh, the solemn pact that they'd made, which on some level I understand. On another, it just felt excessive. No, I got it. I got it because I think I think as um, Perhaps he's not the most physically fit out of everyone there. And it, it was kind of this thing. It's like, this does require teamwork. We're volunteering some of our strongest people to go first. It's giving them a huge advantage beyond what they already have. And we're doing that on the basis. But everyone agreed. That's the main point. He he did say, if people didn't agree with this idea at the beginning, just speak, speak up and say you don't agree. And then we won't be surprised when you go over the line. But everyone was like, yeah, that sounds like a good plan. So I can understand his frustration. What completely blows my mind about this is how much of, like, I'm sorry, but how much of a jerkwad Brooke was at the end of this challenge. Jerkwad? Jerkwad! Wow! Still no one seems to be, like, onto him. Like, if Robbie is high on her own supply for being seduced, Brooke is just whatever the next level of that is. But he's kind of been... Jerk, jerk wadding. He's been jerk wadding from the start. <laughs> you know, like he does have this kind of swagger to his wad. I don't know. <laughs> it's a bigger wad. <laughs> but yeah, it was so. I felt so bad for Sam Smith, but at the same time, I am also like, how on earth would you have decided if you had lined up before the line, who, which six go through, you know, whatever. But seeing Sam Smith go from the absolute, seemingly nicest man to ever walk planet Earth. To being like, I'm actually a bit miffed. <laughs> <laughs> and like, like just trying to hold it all in was really beautiful. And I love his, you know, he's like, I thought we were going to do this democratically. And I just really felt for him. And yeah, you're right. Then Brooke started kind of like gaslighting him and being really condescending. And it was Yeah, horrible. I think Brooke could have just, the best way to play it would have, anyone who went over the line should have just been like, I just got caught in the moment. Like I forgot, like it was a confusing plan that we had. And I forgot, because... Who was it? Was it Philly who genuinely did forget? Well, no, and... he didn't though, because that's the thing he claimed yeah, I think to he forget. Realized, uh, I think he realised afterwards, but I think in the moment when he was just trying to help get things across the line, he didn't realise. I don't know though, because Colin <laughs> brought it up at the round table that that he was like, "I wonder if I can get two goes at this," mm. and he sort of oh. leapt into it and did ultimately. Oh get well, two, maybe he's two a traitor then. Yeah, well, or... no, but I thought that actually is classic faithful behaviour. Um, right. But but I, I think Philly protested too much with the like oh, I'm just this uh, innocent strong man. I think he, he kind of knew that he was he was playing the game well at that point. Two hundred push-ups every morning. That's quite a lot. I do. I could do three maybe at, at best. How much you, could you Duncan? do, Duncan? I, I don't want to say. Ooh. Oh well, now you have to. A number too large. <laughs> it's very much a lot less than uh, Philly. <laughs> Uh, look, it doesn't matter how many precepts you're going to do. If you are the number one target and the herd mentality kicks in, you're going home. That's it. He, it's so um, so sad that he had the shield to protect him if he made it through banishment. It wasn't going to save him from banishment, though. 
And I thought it was interesting how we didn't see anyone discussing kind of their thoughts and ideas about who should be put up before. You know how they, they kind of, in the run of the show, they normally have the mission and then afterwards there's like little drinks and things oh, and they true. have to talk about who they're going to put up. They didn't show any of that. And I think the reason is because everyone was going to put up Philly and it would just be giving it away before we got into the round table. Because the episode did miss that. Like they were just talking about the... The sort of the show or the the game, but not at all about who the the bad one was. Wasn't there though a chat in the lounge with Sam Smith and all the others that didn't make it into the armory, realizing that they felt like they had been duped, and also going, "We've actually got more numbers than they do," because it felt like it was leading up to a Brook banishment. Totally I really thought that's though. what we're getting. Like Sam was really on the trail of Brook, and then it feels like they go to their little chalets and. They just forget everything. Yeah. <laughs> and they come back the next day, show me the pastries, and they're charmed again. <laughs> That's right. That's right. The, the The episode ending with it's it's quite frustrating, right? So so they the lads get together and they decide to seduce Robbie purely because they can just tell she's next yep. up for a for a sacrifice. And it's just annoying that that it is actually a really smart thing to do, and it works. It works, I know, but. Has it worked the way they want it to? Mm. We'll get to yeah, that well, well, when we get the, to the fact that Robbie was onto it, and then it, then it, yeah, and then I, I really thought that she might absolutely torch them at the end. Like that, that was so gloriously tense that 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 session. Yeah. But we will get to that. Can we talk about Robbie's robe? <laughs> oh, the black robe with the fluffy grey. It just gray. looked like. Uh, f- like Father's Day All Blacks robe, <laughs> like big fluffy insides. I just loved it. I love Robbie, and I I feel sad. You know, I feel, I feel sad, sad too. about how this what's happened to her on this show. She came to life character. as a traitor, right? She like she, she just did. was like she walked in, she walked into the um, conclave and was like, "Oh my babies!" <laughs> when she saw Dan and Brooke. <laughs> So and then good. when she walks she was... into breakfast, she's like, um, when Michael Scott wears his jeans on like a Friday and he dances around the room. <laughs> and let's not forget that she yesterday walked into breakfast like a shell of herself, mm. having been reamed over the coals. That's not a saying. Reamed? Um, <laughs> Jesus. Jack, what? Over... This is... I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. I'm sorry. You know, you know what Trader does to my head? For... Um, you know, because she'd be under so much suspicion for so long. Like, where could this new lease on life possibly have come from, given that we know someone's been seduced last night? She didn't play it. Was, yeah, it was like there was a well. theme song playing. <laughs> you know, it, yeah. was, it was just really, really quite the change. And when Colin <clears throat> Colin was like, hands up if you're a trader, you know, doing one of his quick Colin-like <laughs> gotchas. And then Robbie's like, I'm just ordering a coffee. Ha! Ah! <laughs> <laughs> so amazing. It's just amazing. To say, I'd kill. I'd kill for a coffee. <laughs> there was also something. I think it was over that breakfast where Brooke was like once again turning his focus to Colin, because <clears throat> Colin obviously is seeing everything. Colin is very smart. Colin knows mm. the game, and Brooke says, "Now this is someone who's grown up in the world of male modelling, and I can't mm. think of a more duplicitous vocation." I was like, "Whoa!" So is that because Brooke? As a former male model himself, like during his rollerblading days. Well, I was going to say, I'd, I'd curious to know how competitive um, competitive rollerblading is. True. That could be quite duplic- duplicitous. I don't know anyone who can modeling... roll around on rollerblades. I just don't know. I don't know. Is it is it duplicitous? Feels like it would be. I mean, if everyone 
If everyone is like Colin, I can imagine it would be a <laughs> wild, wild world to operate in. <laughs> People are starting to get onto the traders though. Like Dylan's got a really good case for Dan. Um, and later on he has a really good case for, for Brooke. Uh, but really good case. Really, really good very case. Sound. Um, did you notice that they're driving their own cars this time? Yeah. Yeah. What was that normal? happened? <laughs> No, normally, normally you just see the person in the front seat and the people in the back. And sometimes every now and again, you even hear like the voice of the runner or whoever's driving them. Um, but now they have to drive themselves. Maybe they, the drivers were busy wrangling the sheep. Maybe the sheep <laughs> were the drivers. Well, maybe they only leased the, like that number of cars for a couple of weeks and now they're sort of, they're a bit short of room and, you know. Yeah, just... they're in production vehicles. So it's maybe it's, um, it's the, the actors try. So, so, something's going on. <laughs> something's going on, and I'm suspicious of everything. Trust no one, and don't trust a whole bunch of sheep with people's names on them. That's the uh, that's the mission. This is the exact one that we've seen on the UK one. Uh, something something have to describe sheep, pin names on, win some armory. Hilarious mission. I mean, I, those sheep running around with their with the the names like rotting off their jackets. Did you notice that? like Anna but the A was kind of like melted and like <laughs> falling up and I was just like man these sheep have no clue I mean what's the sheep actors killed because I want to know I want to know their yeah. rights in this Where's situation the I do think it's telling that the extent to which New Zealand like if, if you could get a data viz that shows the frequency with which sheep are a core part of an episode of a reality TV show I'm not just talking like Tux Wonder Dogs I'm just talking like The Bachelor you know, they'll yeah. There's just always some sheep around, and I and I, you know, good on us. We're we're not shirking our national reputation. I mean, there's a lot of them around, right? Colin soaks in the bath every night while he's on a reality television show. That is how to do it, right? That's we found that out here. That he goes every night. He while he's soaking in the bath, he's in his head thinking about uh, the game. I um, love this, and it's another addition to our as we piece together his beauty routine. So we know bath by night. Ear shaved by morning. Yes, yes. We've just got to fill in the, the 12 hours between. <laughs> well, I, I did like his comment about this, like the, the longest I've spent away from a mirror. Like he's just got zingers all the time. Just all slicing the time. up a mango. Uh, yeah. Really, he just. His life. Hey, he's got that that's beautiful fan in his interviews now. Like just yeah. stunning accessories, the shawl at breakfast. Mm. And, and Brooke Howard Smith showed me the pastries was like, what do you call this item? And Colin was like, it's a shawl. <laughs> <laughs> Love, love him. him. Yeah. Love him. Love him. We always have, though. We're OG fans. Well, we spent a moment sort of feeling a bit sore that we didn't get invited to his 50th birthday, and we still think about that every single week. We do, yeah. But only because we love him so much, right? Yeah. That's why it's smart. It's a very kind of Kathy Bates and Misery kind of a <laughs> love. We have to hang in there for the 60th. Can you imagine? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's going to be a brutal day when we don't get that <laughs> Yeah, that's going to be really tough. <laughs> Look, let's just live in the moment. It hasn't happened yet. Um, I thought it was pretty dangerous for Brooke to be throwing Robbie's name out because if she caught wind of that, this is, you know, in all the car chat and that, if someone went to her and said, hey, Brooke's been bringing up your name, how do you feel about that? She'd have been like, okay, onto it. Like, I'm onto them. That, I, her, she had mm. her strong suspicion as soon as she walked into the conclave that they'd only seduced her to banish her. And that would be all the evidence she needed. So 
It's a shame she didn't get wind of that and be able to work that to her advantage somehow and how and, and try and throw one of them under the bus. Um, mm. That would have been so good if she had managed to do that, had managed to to turn their plan on them. Um, but sadly, she, well, she did, did not. manage a wink. You know, let's not understate she the power did manage... of a slow wink. <laughs> What I think would have been a really strong thing for her to do in the round table is if she had actually put down, because it was very clear when they're having their discussions, I think Brooke said it quite early on that he was that, that he was going to vote for Robbie. And so in that moment, she can realise, okay, this is definitely happening. She should have put down one of those two as, as her vote. Because then when everyone has their post discussions, they would have gone, who did Robbie vote for? Because clearly one of the traitors has thrown her under the bus. So who did she vote for? That could give us a clue as to who the other traitors are. You know? True. Am I thinking about this too much? Do I live you in are. this? Sure. It's I'm, fine. I vagged out. <laughs> You're so smart, Jane. I've got you. She'd been betrayed and could have left a morsel behind. But she also did wink in the Jane Yee wink way. Yes. With both eyes. <laughs> yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, it was a very charitable description of a, a blink as a wink. It was like um, Whitcall Santa. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear that screech? Sorry, I've got a child. You all right? Okay. Um, interestingly, I think the post-match chat straight after the banishment, I think that's like that's a dumb move. Don't immediately go back to the cocktail party and talk about things because... Anna has shown that she's on to Dan. It puts her immediately at the top of his mind just as they're about to go in and do a moida. Mm. And then, of course, they go in, they discuss people, it's down to Dylan, very smart, lots of great theories, completely missed every time he walks in the banishment room, but otherwise lots of great theories. Uh, Anna, who we've just spoken about, or Jazzy, also very smart, very consistent. Um, I will be sad to see any of these people go. One of them's going to go, and I'm sad about it. I want to see Juzzy as a traitor. That's yeah, what I want. Me That's because she's wanted that from the start. She's also been a great faithful. People really trust her. She's mm. clever. I don't She'd know. She'd never why, get picked. Yeah. Did you exactly. guys watch till the very end and see the the throw forward to next week? Mm-hmm. Because it was very spicy. It, it feels like there's some kind of maybe it's someone returning. That there's some kind yes, of yes. Someone walks into the concrete. Huge oh, yes. shock. There's Coming a knock. Maybe it's our maybe it's our cranny door. Maybe it's I don't think it's Dan Fury. <laughs> Is that his name? Sam. Sam. Sam, Sam Fury. There's a lot of Sams in there. I don't think it's any know? kind of Fury or Fury for that matter. But maybe I think... it's Brody. Maybe they bring back Brody. Because who else would be Ooh. valuable to bring back? You know, Matt Heath will pants it. Robbie will pants it. Sam Fury is kind of an unknown entity. It's a the really psychic? could be the psychic. Could be the psychic. But if they bring someone back. Oh, I just, I can't. I, you, you can see what this is doing to me. I can't, I can't deal with what Go back to your court board, Jane. I don't, I don't. Get your string um, out. I watched, the, I watched the previews for the next week, but I try, deliberately try not to pay too much attention in case I see a spoiler. I don't mm. feel like I don't, I'm not like, I've been burnt too many times by, spo- by spoilers and previews that now I, I've trained myself to just kind of like, just very top line, the preview. So I know nothing. I'm excited, though. It's I a long it. show. Really, show. really loving show. it. I can't believe there's, like, only a few weeks left, you know, at the, with two episodes a week. It's um, 
we're getting through it quickly and it's sad. Yeah. Like realising that the round table's like pretty sparse now, you know, and you actually lose kind of what, three or four people a week. Possibly. Yeah, you can't you can't get that kind of three people on the chopping block kind of thing. There's no, we've lost the sort of tension in who's it going to be, this person or that person, because everyone's just like you voting for the same person. The first five people vote for them. It's like, oh, well, you're gone. We just have to go through the theatrics of the next four now, you know. Mm. Or you do a joke vote like Brookhard Smith for some reason, which was stupid. Yeah, I just don't know anything, despite having spent the whole day like <laughs> casting us reasons on people. It's, I really just so want implausible. I feel like Brooks' days are numbered because he's throwing out, like you said, Duncan, at the top of this episode, he's throwing out all the traits of a traitor, all of them. Mm. And I don't know why people aren't onto him. I just don't. And it anyway. looks like attention's turning to Dan, so... Godspeed to Dan. He's been very, very good so far. But I do think once the heat is on you, it feels like impossible to get out of it, right? Yeah, like, because you can you can suit the narrative either way. Like someone's done something as a faithful or they've done it as a traitor. You can always find some sort of weird reason why someone might have acted a certain way if they're in either party. All you have to do is get people to buy into it. Well, you just anyway. have to ask them... Are you a traitor? And and in the same way that, that whether a witch floated or drowned was incontrovertible proof of witchhood, <laughs> asking someone is just, you can't argue with that, you know? Tell you what Kings did do, though, because he was very much on everyone's list this week. It was going to be between him and Robbie, and he ran around just prior to the banishment and basically got in front of every single person, did some politicking, mm. and was like, it will be a wasted vote. I am a faithful, I'm just letting you know, I'm using the magic words, I am a faithful, I am not a traitor. And it worked. So it I think that's, a, you know, for, for a traitor would never any do of that. us are ever going to be there, yeah, that's something to do. If you're a traitor and trying to hide it or if you're faithful and trying to prove it. <laughs> just say you're a faithful the whole time. And also the way that Kings looked really, really deflated, you know, at the round table. Like, I don't know, there's just, there's a real one. He's there's such a real, real one. one. All right, Kings, and I, I think we should think more about how the fact he was on The Masked Singer, and that was also really cool. That was really cool. I want to go back to Remember and when now. from eight <laughs> months ago? Five seconds ago. <laughs> hey, thank you very much, everyone, for listening. Uh, we will be back next week for more Traitors. Uh, we also want to say a huge thank you to you for subscribing with actual money that helps keep this little weird little boat afloat. Uh, we, we truly appreciate it. Thank you, Duncan. Thank you, Alex. Thank you, Samuel. Thank you to our traitors and faithfuls. Thank you, Jane. Kia ora e te iwi. Te Aihe Butler here, podcast manager at The Spin-Off. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a Spin-Off member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.